you have to imagine crazy things in order to take the next steps. It all begins with imagination. Welcome to What the If. I'm Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, and I'm glad to have you here for another episode of Huh? <laughs> That's an alternative title. That b- brilliant PhD level giggling you hear <laughs> is Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University in uh, beautiful Washington Square. Yeah, I don't know why they don't include giggling as part of the thesis defense. It seems like a, a logical thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, it, when I, I have a master's degree in cinema studies, which is film history and criticism and theory, and I always put jokes in my papers, many of them. And, Just to uh, see if anyone would catch them? Yeah, I think I got by in spite of those. <laughs> but I'm not a PhD. So clearly okay. at a certain point, uh, the jokes, jokes versus science. There's a what the if. Uh, it could be, have you ever seen the journal of irre- irreproducible results? No, what's that? <laughs> Actually, it might, it might have changed its name to the annals of improbable research. Ooh. But it's essentially a, a science humor journal. So it's, I think their original tagline was a journal for results that cannot or should not be reproduced. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> I, I, I hesitate to ask this question, but has a joke or humor ever led toward a significant discovery or advancement of science? Such that if nobody liked that joke, we wouldn't <laughs> the have world just, would be different. Yeah, the world would be different. Nothing's leaping to mind. Einstein and Heisenberg had an argument once where Einstein was critiquing Heisenberg's approach to certain issues in quantum mechanics. And Heisenberg said, but I'm just using the same approach that you did in relativity. To which Einstein said, well, yes, but a good joke should not be repeated too often. <laughs> Ooh, this subtle. Yeah. There's many layers there. All right, we'll go with that. Right. <laughs> and from that, Germany lost the war. So, <laughs> and the atom bomb was built in the West. If you're brand new here, and we're about to launch. So if you have not subscribed, 20% of the people listening are listening just on the web or streaming in some other fashion. So 80% of you are subscribers. Thank you. Those of you who haven't subscribed, it's totally free. In case you didn't know, uh, to subscribe is like ridiculously easy. All it does is it means all our new episodes will show up automatically on your iPhone, iPad, or Android device. All you have to do is go to whattheif.com, our website, click on the subscribe word, 
a page will come up that lists all the different things, uh, iTunes at the top, Google Play, and and then a bunch of all the others, depending on which one you've got. It takes two seconds, and boom, you're done. And hey, while you're there, if you've been listening for a while and you're now subscribing, if you could also give us a rating, that'd be fantastic. Or if you've been listening for a while and just haven't taken a moment to do that, that would be great. I just want to explain this is a game. We ask a question. What the if? What if? But with a punch. With chutzpah. Chutzpah. <laughs> yes. It's a chutzpah if. And today we're going to say, speaking of not getting a PhD, for instance, what if you? Well, let's say... You, you actually, I'm sorry, you may be a PhD person. It, it's po- true? very yeah. possible you are a PhD person, perhaps even a physicist or who knows what, or just generally brilliant or well-read or a writer for Wikipedia. Ah, here's the, okay, here's the thing. Suppose we were assigned to write the Wikipedia article for how gravity works. Ah, okay. We just, for whatever reason, we, we woke up today and we said, ah. How does gravity? Well, we just have that's it. We you just just a lay person wants to figure out how gravity works. So let's make this me <laughs> because I'm no PhD and I'm a documentary filmmaker as I mentioned. So my job is simply to observe and learn a little bit, but even that I don't have to learn. I can just show things, right? And then people say, "Why did they why did the person in your film do that?" And I say, "I don't know. I'm just showing you." <laughs> not my job, <laughs> right? I'm a journalist. I just, I just present. You figure out the mystery of human behavior. So I want to figure out what gravity is. And, and, and this is, in a way, puts us back into the mind of people before Newton, for sure. Mm-hmm. Who would, would Galileo be the first significant person who said, I want to, I'm going fig- to nail this? Well, no, we should go back at least to Aristotle ah, if we want to do that. Apologies right? to the Greeks, um, yes. And Aristotle is probably a lot like you waking up in the morning and trying to figure things out because you can, you know, you can do Aristotle's approach to gravity with the stuff you find in your bedroom. Aha. Uh-huh. Right. You don't you don't need anything special. You can just you can just start thinking about it from your your everyday experience. So let's see here. You uh, uh, you grab your alarm clock because yes. it's going off. <laughs> yeah, and you drop it. Yes, to to hopefully destroy it. Yeah, <laughs> and you notice it moves towards the floor. Correct. So you say, "All right, well, I'm going to call that gravity." Right. When I say I want to understand gravity, I want to understand why my alarm clock hurtles towards the floor. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. After I wake up, I'm like, I, because Aristotle is of a scientific mind, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, uh, oh, I'm awake now. Hey, why'd that happen? Let's find out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which probably makes him a pretty irritating roommate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's always dropping stuff. <laughs> you were, right. It wasn't even his. Start hearing plates shatter. Yeah. Ari, um, Ari, you broke my clock again. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, have to, I have to go on Amazon and buy another one. And that's actually, actually, that's actually a pretty good way to start because one of the things you first want to know is whether it's just alarm clocks that go down like that. True, true, right? right. 
So you probably start grabbing other stuff that's within arm's reach. So I don't know what else you have on your, your night table. Uh, I have, um, well, my iPhone. Ah, okay, good. All right, so you drop that. Definitely. And that also hurls towards the floor. <laughs> Yikes, yeah. Cost you a few hundred dollars. Right. So you say, all right, well, maybe it's gravity is all about electronics and floors. But at some point you grab your hairbrush or shoe and you drop those and you say, oh, those, those go towards the floor as well. So then you say, all right, well, maybe so everything in my apartment, when I let go of it, it goes towards the floor. So, so maybe it's floors, right? Oh, it's the floor. <laughs> I like that actually. Floors drag everything towards them, right? Yeah. That would explain what I've been seeing so far, right? Right. Actually, like, I remember there was a kid once who got in an elevator who thought that the floor of the elevator was, it was like a magic pad or something. Mm -hmm. And that you step on it, like a transporter, probably, you know, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that must be the impression my dog has every day, right? Yeah. the, The door opens, she walks in, the door closes, the door opens again, we're in a different place. And, you know, she totally accepts that, right. but uh, that's got to be pretty magical. <laughs> yeah. And she hears all the machinery, you know, they have very good hearing. Yep, sure. And she smells things. Feels vibrations. And feels things, vibrations yeah. and all that. And she just figures that's like going through hyperspace. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah. So, I mean, that raises the question of what, you know, you, you see certain things happening and then what kind of an explanation do you are you willing to accept for the thing you're looking at? Right. So for our gravity inquiries, that's part of what we need to figure out is what what kind of an explanation are we going to be happy with at our at the end of our day of dropping stuff? Right. Now, we, we like Aristotle, mm-hmm. are curious. We also love the theater. By the way, I'm just going to put that out there. Another similarity with. Enjoy the theater. Enjoy Deus Ex Machina when it's well executed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm glad that our theaters have better, more comfortable seats, I'm guessing, than the... uh, Uh, The the just blocks of stone. stone. Although, you know, maybe they might have brought pillows. I'm guessing the Mm -hmm. smart people would have brought pillows. Even a block of wood would help. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Perfectly carved for your butt. It's just forty nine ninety five. Yes, we have so much to thank the Greeks for. So he's, Aristotle is dogged in his pursuit. That's the thing. We that's the one thing. Absolutely, we really want to know. And today's the day <laughs> that we stop wondering what's this gravity thing, and we will drop as many things as it takes mm-hmm. to figure it out. Yeah. So so as we're on our dropping spree, right? So we've decided maybe it's floors, right? And then, uh, and then you go outside and we drop something there and we see this time it goes towards the ground mm-hmm. and we're like, all right, so maybe it's not floors. It's maybe it's more of a directional thing, right? Everything seems to fall in sort of the same direction whenever I drop something. That's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's not a given. Again, exactly. Cause right. we're inquisitive because, types. We yeah, don't, and yeah. you know, it's, so then, um, this is where the uh, Francis Bacon might leap in from the, the 16th century and say, well, you've just found a whole bunch of instances that are similar. Are there any 
times when you let go of something and it doesn't go towards the ground. Mm. Right? Let's 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 look for a non-confirming situation. Right. Like a balloon? Yeah, like a balloon, right? So sometimes when I let go of a balloon, it does not go towards it does not go in the same direction as my alarm clock. Right. Okay. Or um, even like a piece of paper it's going to go down but it's going to f- flutter all over the place. Right. So we've got a couple of options when uh, we have something like this that messes with the consistency we've seen so far. So we can say there's something different about the balloon and the paper. So now our our initial statement that gravity is about everything going in the same direction uh, is not true. It's not everything. It's only some things. Or we can say these are exceptions. Right. And I'm going to ignore the exceptions because they're exceptions, right? I'm, I'm looking for the, the general rule. Ah, interesting. Allow exceptions. Okay. Like at least, like, you know, let's solve these other things. They're doing something else. I mean, we don't know what that is yet, but let's at least get a handle on the fact that most things seem to fall straight down. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to put fluttering and floating to the side. Okay. So I should say that's, that's, but that's, um, uh, this is important is that we might say that's a choice we're making. We're, we're, we're going to decide that we're just interested in the general case and we're going to put weird exceptions to the side for a moment. Okay. We don't have to do that. Right. We'd be perfectly philosophically justified in saying, no, I have to come up with an explanation that covers everything. Right. And in fact, yeah, here's another. I love this kind of stuff where you start thinking completely counterintuitively, or uh, uh, go to a go back in time to where you didn't know the answer, and think right. what could. You, and so, if you imagine that the balloon going up, for instance, was like in our minds, we know what gravity is, and we just automatically think, well, clearly everything's going down, and the balloon is going up, and and we know. Part of our what the if is we only want to change one thing. So here, what we're changing is. We understand air, let's say. We understand air. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're saying, what? We understand air. We get it. We even have airplanes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we know that things go down. So, and actually, this, this is what was, I'm, I'm guessing, like before or even simultaneously with, with Aristotle and who, every other thinkers. Uh, trying to figure out what gravity is didn't stop humanity from building, you know, actually using gravity in a way, for instance, to build gigantic pyramids and temples and and all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. So this is another kind of uh, thing we should ponder when we're figuring out what we mean when we say we want to understand gravity. Right. So by understand, do we mean can build cool things, right? So like I want to build a water slide, okay? And understanding gravity is helpful for that. What kind of understanding do I need to have of gravity in order to build a water slide? I need to know that people and water go down in similar ways, Mm -hmm. okay? Do I really need to know why that's the case? Probably not. Right, right exactly. Can, you don't have right, you can shut up and calculate. Yeah. So so part of 
when I wake up and I decide I want to understand gravity, part of what's what I need to do is decide how much and what kind of knowledge I want to have. Right. So I, I would describe it as what the hell is going on? <laughs> Which is kind of how I see most of the universe. Like, you know, what what is going? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. So if you're just the engineer that's building the water slide, you can say, I don't care what's going on. I just uh, the, the amount of information I need about gravity is very small. I just need to know that things go in a certain direction. Right. But then Aristotle wants to push that further and he says, that's not enough. I need an answer to the question of why gravity happens. Why do things go in a particular way? Right. We could also say, what's the mechanism? What actually? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because well, that's right. Why covers many different sorts of answers. So we should we need to be even a little more specific than that. So what is the mechanism is, is a good version of that question, I think. Right. And one answer we might give along uh, Aristotelian lines is that there's something about heavy objects that are heavy objects do something to make themselves go down, right? It's, it's something inherent in the object itself. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. <laughs> Gra- gravity is so common in our learning that there's a concept that's totally awesome, but like actually never occurred to me. Now, like, like you said, it might occur to a child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's something about alarm clocks and shoes yeah. that, that they want to do. They want to be down. Right. And this is and this is eventually the the conclusion that Aristotle comes to is that heavy objects, he would say earthy objects, mm. we would probably say solid or something like that, mm-hmm. want to be as low in the universe as possible, as close to the center for him. Interesting. That was that was it. That that's where he that's as far yeah. as he got. That's that's where he ends up. Yeah. And he says that's that's the question of why. Why does the alarm clock go towards the floor? And the answer, he says, well, the answer doesn't have anything to do with alarm clocks, and it doesn't have anything to do with floors. It's just that solid matter, you know, plastic in this case, plastic and metal, wants to be at the center of the universe. That's its, that's its natural state. It's home. What looks to be a, a sudden change something falling is actually just the material of the universe returning to its happiest state. Then this raises all kinds of questions, obviously. Did he get further to say what, uh, yeah, (laughs) what's going on? Like was, was he not, was there a sense that maybe there's no difference between inanimate objects and and creatures who may actually have wants? This kind of language of of wanting or trying to fulfill is the um, so you would say everything tries to fulfill its potential. There is some correct end state for all things. So the end state for rocks is to be at the center of the universe. So they try to fulfill that. The end state of humans is to be uh, rational, ethical beings, and we are trying to fulfill that. Wow! Well, right. well I, I, first of all, I, I, that expression 
achieve its potential mm-hmm. <laughs> is fantastic because obviously the, here's a good example. I mean, that's something that in dry te- uh, technical terms, you know, potential, you can talk about what is actually potential is and stuff like that, but just, Oh, it wants to achieve its greatest potential. It It's like when things fall now, you can say it's like leaping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hooray. <laughs> I, I was born to do this. I must go. When you, uh, that's right. It is literally your purpose in life. The purpose of, so that, you know, the purpose of an acorn is to become a tree. So every moment of that acorn growing, is it fulfilling its, its destiny? Interesting. And every time you are a rational inquiring being who acts ethically, you are fulfilling your end purpose. Now, what happens when you fall down and your Apple Watch calls for help? Uh, well, you're just... Or you're, you're clearly not achieving your potential. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is, and this is the, um, uh, the flip side of, of, this, of this vision of the universe, is that the vast majority of things do not fulfill their potential. Okay. Mm-hmm. So every idiot you run into on the subway is failing to fulfill the the potential of a human being mm. because they're and not rational so, so you'd say that's that's frustrating right as you walk down the street you're like look at all of this wasted potential but in the same sense when your alarm clock is still sitting on your end table its purpose is frustrated as well right <laughs> it's the the plastic and metal in that alarm clock wants to be at the center of the universe but instead it's sitting on your end table this is the pixar theory of the universe uh, yeah, that all objects it, it, really want something. Right, <laughs> everything has has a place it wants to be. Yeah, yeah. So, so as we're doing our inquiry and we're going down the Aristotelian kind of road of things, this is this is one of the the places we might end up. We'd say we if we want to know why things fall downward, this is one answer we could get. Right, it is the nature of heavy things to fall downward. Okay. You know what? What the if that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's actually where we live in a universe. I'm doing an unusual double what the if or what the Whoa. if in the what the if. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> woo. Yes. An enigma wrapped in a mystery. Right. Yes. If you snap your fingers now, you will see a million versions of yourself snapping those fingers <laughs> forward. Don't bother touching the glass. You're just going to see yourself again. Uh, so everything wants to be <laughs> down. So, so when people fall down, uh, what, what do you say about what do we say about that? That people fall down. Oh yeah. So that's right. So um, that means there is the the stuff you are made of shares this property of wanting to be at the center of the universe. Right. Okay. And it turns out that this um, this scheme has a lot of explanatory power. That is, it can explain a lot of weird things. So we can go back to some of our exceptions now. So the balloon. So Aristotle did not have helium-filled balloons. So he had to work with other examples. So the chief example for folks of his time of something that fl- floats up in the air spontaneously would be fire. Right, right. Right. So you watch a fire and fire goes up. So that suggests that by the same kind of logic, that the natural place of fire is somewhere up. So fire tries to go up, 
Okay, so now we have a whole other category of things wanting things. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we look at the when you look out the window, let's say, and you see uh, buildings, for instance, a lot of buildings and structures and uh, stop signs and cars. They're all sad. Well, no, actually, <laughs> would he say if they're on the ground, are they happy or? Well, they're still not at the center of the universe, which is what the, the, the center of the Earth, right? So there's actually only one particle of dirt in the universe that's happy. <laughs> right? Every every other particle is in some sense depressed. That's amazing. Actually, you know, and, and, and the Greeks actually invented the word atom, right? So, uh, yes, that's right. It's, it's Greek for that which cannot be cut any further. Right. So we might even say there's one atom at the center of the universe. Yes. Aristotle was not an atomist, but oh, other okay. Greeks would have. Yeah. I apologize. So we've got, so there are some things that go up, but if we're using this kind of scheme of everything tries to move to fulfill its potential, then there's some other cool stuff we can do. So where does, where does fire come from usually? Where do you usually see it? Wood. Wood, right? Right. Now, if I drop a piece of wood, if I let go of a piece of wood, what happens to it? It goes down. Right. So we've got a slightly odd situation here because fire comes out of wood but wood goes down and fire goes up. So this suggests a new kind of category of stuff, which is compounds, mixtures of things. So wood is a combination both of earthy stuff, stuff that wants to go down, and fiery stuff, stuff that wants to go up. When the wood comes out of the tree, clearly the earthy stuff dominates because it goes down when you drop it. But when you introduce a little bit of fire to it then the fire gets released and it goes up and then what gets left behind so actually in in a piece of wood you, you what's going on inside that is a domestic a domestic dispute huge tension that's right <laughs> they can't decide where to go out to should they go up should they go down right, right and and uh like you said it's a matter of control who wears the pants in the family mm-hmm. depending on what's happening so if it starts to heat up for some reason the wood lets out the fire when it catches yep, fire? Exactly. That's the fire is trapped inside and you're you're liberating the fire. Ah, so it's like you win. Yes, that's right. Okay, fine. Right. Actually, yeah, that's a divorce. Yep. And that's and that's what's left behind. So after you burn the wood, you've got uh ash left behind, right? That's clearly the the earthy stuff that used to be combined with the fire. So wood is actually earth plus fire. Wow. So actually, at that point, there is a double happiness. Mm-hmm. That's right. Every, that's right. Both have achieved their, uh, their well, they're, they're at least further on their way to achieving things. And this combination of wood and fire can help explain some other weird things, too. So like, what else can, what else does wood do that rocks can't? Float. Right. Therefore, a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might be a question you would ask as you're thinking about gravity on, on your day of inquiry, which is that, well, wood does fall, but it doesn't fall through water. Rocks fall, but rocks do fall through water. So you might want some extra explanation for that. And now we've got that. So why does wood not fall in the same way as rocks? Well, it's because it's got that fire combined in it. Oh, I was about to say it's lazy. 
but no, no. <laughs> it's less. It's more benign than that. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fire. So even though the earthiness of the wood dominates, the you can still tell there's some fire trapped in there with some sense of wanting to go up right. because you get the floating. Wow. So I'm looking around, and so everything. If something is straining <laughs> to achieve its potential. So for instance, something on the ground, a car, whatever, is the table in front of you, is trying to go down. Yep. In, and is that a... Uh, it sounds like maybe, did he not talk about it in terms of happiness and sadness? It was just... Um, no, it's fulfillment. Ooh, that is oh. there, there, there's a potential. There's a, there's a correct end state for everything to be in and everything tries to get there. And because this language is, is similar to how we talk about human motivations and actions, that's objects get this to take on this sense of action and intent. Fascinating. And yeah. And, and if we want to get further than that, if those were the ideas we came up with, mm-hmm. Well, let's say we do, because it, it's us. Okay, so sure. we're going to push further. We're like, okay, maybe these things are, you know, in my theory, they're happy or they're frustrated. And uh, it's the Pixar, so we're going, it's the Pixar theory of the universe, right? Yeah. All, they're like the creatures in Toy Story or something. And mm-hmm. uh, they want to be down. We want to be down. Right. Woody, help us down. And, uh, but fire wants to be up. So fire is more of a Buzz Lightyear kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. We want to be up. To the, to yeah. So this, so this gives us good answers to why. Right. But it turns out it's yeah. not so useful for some other things like uh, building skyscrapers. Yeah. So you say, why? Is it hard to build a skyscraper? Aristotle can give you an answer for that. It's because all the parts of the skyscraper want to be down. So it takes, so it's complicated to get them to go up. You have to be willing. You have to be so insensitive that you're willing (laughs) to make, you know, I don't know what, millions of pounds of steel. Mm -hmm. Sad. Frustrated. So so the Empire State Building is just a huge tower of pent up. Angst. Angst. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and hence, New Yorkers are. <laughs> it's kind of a Ghostbusters 2 situation. Right. <laughs> now, again, now the physical mechanism for that, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. The object wants to go down. Does it, how does it do that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's right. So the, the explanation is one, is uh, uh, assumes that there is this category of things fulfilling their potential. And that is its own mechanism. So you might say that's not satisfying, right? Right. It's also just like you. you it's not quite a tautology, I guess, but it's like it's just an ex, well, you're just an expression for something. Yeah, it is a little tautological because you say something like heavy objects fall down because down is where heavy objects want to go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. It does have a lot of explanatory power. It's a little circular. 
but nonetheless gives you a, uh, gives you good why answers to your everyday experience of dropping alarm clocks and pieces of wood. So, okay. So if we want to move beyond that, presumably we need some reason to do so, right? Is there, is there some, is there something that our theory of gravity can't do for us that we do want our theory to do? Well, it, it, it leaves so many mysteries, I suppose. Okay. Right. So I would like to, you know, at least as it, it was Einstein who said, uh, trying to understand the universe is like uh, a blind man trying to understand the elephant by only touching the tail. Well, that, that metaphor goes back like 4,000 years, at least to the, uh, the, the Vedic philosophers of India. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Exactly. The Vedics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like that, that leaves so many questions. And in fact, so many questions that we have a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger! Oh my goodness. It's been a while. And it's fitting that it's an episode in which dummies try to figure out gravity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dummies, it's not gravity for dummies, it's dummies for gravity. In this episode, we really got, you know, pretty interesting theory. Pretty interesting theory. But it leaves us, like all scientific endeavors, hungry for more. Did Aristotle die feeling he'd done it? And, and did he get any, any like, reward? Did other people say, yes, well done? Or um, We don't really know because we, this is one of these history is written by the winners kind of situation where <laughs> we don't know if Aristotle felt he had solved everything, but certainly the generations after him felt that he had to the point where for a thousand years, the basis of all inquiry in the Western world starts with him. Amazing. So people are satisfied enough with this theory for it to last a millennium. Right? That's an enormous amount of time. Wow. It's, it's another thing that I, I find fascinating in, in the history of science say, let's go back to first principles or whatever. Like, do we yeah, really understand right. and that? And part of that is um, saves a lot of time, right? If, yeah. if literally you had to rework your understanding of gravity every day you woke up, yeah. that would take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> right? That would be an enormous amount. And you have to do that with every field of inquiry. Instead, when you're six years old and you ask your parents, why did the alarm clock fall when I dropped it? They say, oh, well, Aristotle explained that. It's this. I say, oh, okay. All right, that's good. You, you just nailed it. I, that's it. I think that's what happens is that you are, whatever the first thing you're taught by some trusted source, most likely your parents, is what you believe, and there's no reason for you to question it unless you're a very special person. Yes, that's right. So, like, if you walk down the street and ask people if, Pluto as a planet, you're going to get some really strong emotional feelings about this. Right. None of those people have the slightest idea why they care about whether Pluto is a planet. It's right. just that it was what they were told in third grade. So they're assuming it must be true. That's right. That's right. And we associated it <laughs> highly irrationally. We associated it with an adorable uh, uh, kind of dumb uh, dog. Yeah. Who who himself has a dog, if I remember right. Oh, is that right? <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> oh no, it's the other way. It's the other way, the other way around. Goofy's Goofy has Pluto as a pet, right? Oh, I didn't know that. You remember this, right? There's this very strange pseudo slavery thing going Whoa. on. Whoa! Yeah. This is more of a revelation to me than Darth Vader and Luke. <laughs> I did not know. And I've been to Disney World several times mm-hmm. and seen Goofy, I suppose, and seen Pluto and did not understand they had a history. There's a weird relationship there. Very interesting. Very interesting. We're probably going to get angry letters from um, Disney people at this moment, aren't we? Yeah, well, Disney people. We, you know, um, I might consider myself in, in them. I, I do love Disney. We're, we're not a nasty people. It's not like the Marvel people. <laughs> All praise to Stan Lee and rest in peace. Wonderful achievements. Yeah, but the yes, comic book people can be a little harsher. You know, the worst. I'm just going to put it out there. Here come the letters. The video game people. Whoa! <laughs> Watch yeah, out. Some strong feelings. <laughs> Actually, the most angry people are the customers of Verizon. Oh! Oh! <laughs> and suddenly our uh, shut, uh, shut network down. coverage gets shut off. My Fios goes, goes, goes down. Uh, I will say, lastly, about Aristotle, and, and, and to close out this chapter before we put it down for put it put it down where it wants to be for a bit before we pick it up again next week. That his this explanation of things wanting to be. You know, in a certain place is, you, you mentioned emotion when you talk about Pluto. People have a very emotional connection to the reason for that. And this is a like kind of wonderful explanation. I mean, it's a personification, I suppose. But you can, because you have strong feelings of wanting to be somewhere or be some, be better or whatever, you, you can really feel this explanation. And, and feel is a good word for it. It's, it's visceral. It connects to your own experience uh, in a very powerful way. And that's one of the reasons it's very it's very successful. Yeah, fascinating. It's intuitively obvious how this how this works once once you once you accept it and you say, yeah, now I get it. In the same way that I want to be a better person, rocks want to be at the center of the universe. Right. Now, where are the flat earth, flat earth people? Here's something else for you. I think you've... you've <laughs> Flat Earth, you've you've laid out your theory, and I don't see much progress being made in that research direction. So this this Aristotle theory of science, you know, hey, somebody should pick that up again. Wow, Matt, this is amazing. A whole new kind of what the if today. Nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope you appreciate it out there and out there in uh, our fellow ifers around the globe. We won't even, but but another just thought to put out there is going to be, well, if everything wants to be at the center, what happens at the center? How strong the forces must be. Okay, anyway, my mind is wandering into the center of the earth, (laughs) which means it's time to go. Thank you for listening. If you email us, we want to know your thoughts. What do, what is your yearning for potential? Do you feel you are trying, what is it, of trying to become a wise and rational person? A rational ethical being, yeah. Rational ethical being. You know, that's not, is that your direction? Or do you fall down a lot? <laughs> right. Or, or actually, maybe to disprove the theory, you actually want to fall down a lot. You know, you might be a wrestler. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you are, every time you don't fall down the stairs, 
you are frustrating the the very essence of the stuff your body is made of. Yeah, for sure. Email us at feedback at whattheif.com. Send us feedback. As it says, feedback at whattheif.com. Go to our website, whattheif.com. You can... Uh, I said what you can see all our episodes. I do this because I work in movies. You can you can see you can see cover art for all our episodes, which is wonderful. And you can click on them. You can listen to every single episode we have there. Another way to listen to everything we have is to subscribe. I urge you again, do it. Subscribe. And while you're there, if you're subscribing now because you just listened to the show and you really enjoyed it, leave us a rating there. That would be wonderful. Also on our website, you can uh, click the About button and go into a disturbing tunnel of knowledge about about us, (laughs) who we are. Another way to connect with us where we is a very vibrant community on Twitter, at What The If Show. We share science news. We talk about the shows. Uh, You can send us ideas there. You could just scientific questions. What would you like to set out to figure out on your own? You know. That is it. Next week, we will continue with the dummies search for gravity. Dummies for gravity. It's a movement. (laughs) Not a moment, it's a movement. Dummies for gravity. We will have gravity. All week between now and then, We are going to be screaming over and over again. What What the the if, 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 if.